0: Welcome to Emergence Radio Talk, where you'll be inspired and motivated by the journeys of movers and shakers from all around the world and those who are occupying and taking dominion. Emergence Radio Talk with
1: Dr. Tavara Johnson. Welcome, everyone, to Emergence Radio Talk with your host, none other than Dr. Tafari Johnson. And let me tell you today, I am so excited for today's show. I have my co-author. Uh, he will be joining me today, and he will be discussing some of his uh, chapter as well as his journey in the upcoming book release, which is Emerging Leaders' Strategies to Navigate Your Leadership Journey. He is someone who has been tried tested as well as proven, and so I know that he has a lot of wisdom that he can share with other emerging leaders, of course, as well as senior leaders. And uh, So I want to welcome Pastor Kyle, and indeed, it's a pleasure to have you here with me this evening.
0: Dr. Johnson, thank you so much. Thank you so much for the invitation. <laughs> I'm just, uh, just grateful to be a part of this platform and, and even to be a part of the project um, that you're doing. Uh, it's just, I really appreciate it, and I just hope that we can... As we talk, we can share and learn from one another, and and I will give freely to those, to those things that I've learned painfully. Uh, and so I hope it's a good time encouraging
1: one another and
0: gaining wisdom from our, our experiences here in leadership. But thank you so much for the invitation.
1: Thank you so much for joining me, and of course, thank you so much for accepting uh, the invite to share your wisdom, um, you know, and penning your chapter on this upcoming book project. Um, it was definitely something I enjoyed reading, and so with those who are listening, and I'm telling you, mm-hmm. not because I would have been the one to compile the book, but Pastor Kyle's mm-hmm. chapter had me laughing the entire time, <laughs> and so it was wisdom, but it had me just laughing the whole time, literally. Um, but you'll hear a little bit more about that. But, um, of course, Pastor Kyle, before we go ahead and get started and dive into this conversation, I want you to let our listening audience know a bit of who you are.
0: Well, I am the product. Uh, I am one of six children. I was born and raised here in this great commonwealth of the Bahamas, uh, Freeport, Grand Bahamas, which is sometimes called affectionately the second city here. Um, I am the second of six children. Uh, I grew up right here in the city. I went to an Anglican high school, and my upbringing was pretty much low-key and, and pretty much run of the routine. It came from a, a balanced background. We had our challenges, so as a matter of fact, the more you think about it, the more I realized we weren't as, you know, it takes growing up to realize how messed up you are. But, but I had parents <laughs> that, that, that made sure that we had a good time, even if we were messed up but it, it I was I'm really grateful for my parents my step parents my siblings uh and yeah I grew up right here in the city I was not a the sharpest knife in the drawer in high school I was always an underachiever I thought I was really apathetic towards work but it didn't mean that I didn't have the ambition or didn't value my education I just became a product of the culture where, you know, I was always ambitious and thoughtful, but that was not rewarded. <laughs> that was not a rewarded or applauded. <laughs> the circle that I was in. You know, usually if you think like that as a young man, you're a nerd or you're you seeing a certain kind of race. So I learned to suppress being thoughtful and being analytical and being, um, you know, this inclination to be responsible a lot of times because of a fear of crit- criticism and not filling in or fitting in. Nice isolation. but uh, I, at the age of seventeen, I gave my life to the Lord, and that's another critical point in my life. That that transition from high school into adulthood, the time when I should have been on these streets, <laughs> should have been, you know, starting my royal oats. Um I it was just a critical point. Actually, it was a very difficult time in our family's life. Uh, my parents were going through a separation. My step, my stepfather and my mother were going through a separation, very turbulent time in our life, and that's when I gave my life to the Lord, and that began a whole lot of pruning, a whole lot of uh, turbulence that helped form who I am today. But I, uh, I had the opportunity after a few years to, to get into some of the arts. I involved myself in the performing arts. I had the opportunity to do some writing and playwriting, stage acting here locally with some of the local writers. I had the opportunity to get involved in ministry at a very young age of of eighteen. Eighteen in our student ministry and a lot of drama and that that's where I cut my teeth in learning how to to manage my my own passions and take on respons- responsibility from a professional side, a corporate side, and a ministerial side. I learned how to network. <laughs> you know, I, how to, I, I really learned the raw materials for, for surviving in the adult world in ministry. And shortly thereafter, I, I felt a call to ministry vocationally. The church that I attended at, probably was at 19 years old. They sent me to seminary. And, and they paid for it. and they um, So they invested in in my life as a part of, of the succession plan and long-term development of this ministry. And I had the opportunity to serve in Tampa, First Baptist Church in Tampa, for a number of years. I've had the opportunity to spend some time in Ruby, Kenya. I had some time. I was privileged enough to spend some interim time throughout the islands of the, the Bahamas uh, where... You know, I served in Piratesville, Valley, Mayor Guana, Marcy Town, Inagua. We, I served back and forth to the first city Nassau, New Providence, all in a ministerial context. And then when I came back here, I had the privilege of serving as the media coordinator and stu- full-time student ministry leader, student ministry pastor here at the church that I served for about 10 years before becoming the senior pastor of this, this church Full time in 2018. So it's been a interesting ride, <laughs> interesting ride. But I <laughs> wouldn't change it But I'm married to my my lovely wife Abiola. I have I have three children, two two biological children. Uh, my my oldest son, he's eight going on 80. Uh, his name is Eden, and my daughter is seven. and his name is Eliana, and then I adopted a son maybe 10 years ago, 12 years ago now. His name is Dickinson. He's doing very well. He's married and and what's not. So really, I have a wonderful family that I'm very proud of. And I I appreciate, I appreciate greatly. So that's me in a nutshell. Other than that, that, I am a boring guy. I like to lay back. I like to chill. I don't like to do much. I like to watch sports. And that's pretty much it. You know, that's that's my life right there.
1: <laughs> but, you know, Pastor Kyle, you said a whole lot and um, what you would have said. Um, one of the things I um, like that you shared about when you talked about your church investing in you um, and, you know, to be able to take you to that next level. And so I want to ask you, you know, for rather be emerging leaders who are you know, currently uh, in certain positions, or even if there's a senior leader who is, you know, listening. And I just want you to really share a little bit more on, you know, what you feel the importance of uh, mentorship as well as succession planning, because I think the church is very poor. Uh, at least they, do, they mm-hmm. do a very poor job with succession planning. And it seems like, you know, sometimes mm-hmm. when, uh but, you know, if, if an overseer or whatever, the title they have, if they mm-hmm. die, like, mm-hmm. you know, the dice the, and the church is just lost. Like, the people don't know yeah. what to do because they're not really, they haven't really equipped them. So I just want you to talk to them, you know, talk to our listening audience just a bit about that in terms of the importance of really, really um, having a succession plan, uh, you know, and equipping yeah. and mentoring or coaching that, you know, the, the next generation or the next uh, level in in the, in the ministry.
0: Yeah, and I and I agree with you. There's a there's a huge percentage of, of ministries and churches that have not done this well. And then there are those who have done it well, but and and you don't know that they did it well because you know, there's no turbulence. You know, when something is and not yeah. planned properly it usually draws a lot of attention. But there are a lot of ministries that that um that have done it. But it's not a theological issue, you know, because succession planning, that's 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 a part of life. You know, they, this, things must continue on. But it's more of a philosophical challenge for, for leaders in the church. Um, traditionally, there has been not, it hasn't been a professional approach to ministry. For a long time, planning and ministry has been a word that's, you know, <laughs> that's a dirty word. <laughs> to plan the the plan, plan is to not give the spirit quote unquote the spirit of liberty but I was mm-hmm. privileged enough to sit under leaders who who understood that God is just involved in the planning of things as he is in the execution he's a planner <laughs> you know the bible says yeah. that that everything that jesus was crucified before the foundations of the world that's planning that's a that's a planner uh, and to see to to not be short-sighted Is a challenge because church stereotypically is seen as a place where older people thrive. A lot of times Mm -hmm. men and women who who would have invested in the corporate world for a long time and now um, they were seen as productive, they were seen as uh, they were championed in in certain industries and now they retire and they find community in churches and that's that's the beautiful part of being a part of a community of faith you find identity you find networks you find family beyond family in churches and a lot of times when people uh, get comfortable in churches they take ownership of it uh, and this mm-hmm. is their space where they find an identity where they find meaning where they make meaningful contributions and there is a fail from these from these organizational structures side that that a lot of older leaders they're fearful of of emerging leaders and younger leaders because of the inexperience at times sometimes this this ministry has a lot of vices and trappings, and it takes a lot of wisdom to navigate through but but it's not a young man's sport if I could put it in the, in that term a lot of times unless you're starting your own work, but it's very difficult mm-hmm. to come into. A ministry or an organization that's already established and has a protocol or rhythm uh, and they see a younger person or maybe not even a younger person but a person with a different philosophy on how to do things um, it, it's it's a, a lot of times it's threatening but the philosophy of investing in others to outlive yourself has been a challenge for the church leaders man and and I've spent a lot of time trying to tell them it's not, a make, it's not a move to the side. It's, it's make room. There's room for, for mm-hmm. everyone to serve, but it has to be planned, it has to be prayerful, and it has to be a part of your organizational philosophy to, to merge generations and to work together, um, regardless of our strange differences uh, and whatnot. But it, it's being done tomorrow. It's being done, and I would encourage leaders who are very conscious that we're not here forever very conscious wow. that we are better together, to find a model that they can embrace, to first invest in people that you need to invest in, and to strategically plan for the unseen and to keep people in the, you know, a talent pool or resource pool for sure. Uh, and, but it, it has been a challenge culturally because, you know, the church is owned by everyone that attends. So everyone gets to see. <laughs> it's not like corporate, you know. So that's that's all it is.
1: So. Wow, I think that's really good. Um, you know, so my prayer will be that, you know, those who are listening in that you would take some of the wisdom that Pastor Kyle said and work on your success. you planning, you know, your planning and just being open. You know, um yeah. we won't be here forever. Um everyone's I mean, everyone isn't coming in with a hidden hidden agenda, especially emerging leaders. You're just trying to uh, really just do whatever God says to you to do, and then that's it. Um, mm-hmm. You know, nothing mm-hmm. more, nothing less. You know, you're just trying to stay in your own lane but still do whatever God is saying. And then sometimes I think about the fact that, you know, uh, in the church a lot of people say, well, you know, when prayer time or this time, only certain people come, but if you suppressing the gift, I wouldn't come to mm-hmm. you. <laughs> you know what mm-hmm. I mean? I just say So it was, I mean, those type of actions actually would cause people, not to to come, you know, because it's two- um, they don't they don't know where they fit in.
0: And it's two sided, you know, because sometimes the the intimidation factor may be, you know, the older people, more seasoned people. And I call them older, more seasoned people. Um, sometimes they are, um, they phase they they're just into a phase in life that we have to appreciate. Things have sped up, things have been different, uh, and sometimes they want to hold on to to purpose and meaning as well. But we also have a group of us, younger and younger than myself, that come in with a sense of bravado and, and a sense of um, maturity in the sense that you don't, know, you, you know, out with the old, in with the new personality uh, or mentality, yeah, which is destructive, sure. mm-hmm. which is really destructive. Mm-hmm. And and it is intimidating and it is, it, and it, it is this, it's not good. It's not good. And that's not just in churches, but that's in, in government and that's in, in mm-hmm. private, in the private sector. Mm-hmm. It, it, that attention is not necessary. So the leader no. has to do a, a good job of establishing a culture uh, of not just replacing, but just realizing gifts and realizing that we're better together. We're better together. Yeah. You know, we're better together, basically.
1: I think that's um, really powerful. What you said that we're better together. I think once people could understand that concept, um, or wrap their minds around that around that concept, um, you know, it'll make it, it'll make bridging the gap between the emerging and the senior leaders uh, so much better, regardless of what spread of influence um, it may be. And why so I yes. think that is really yeah. really powerful. What you said. Yeah. Now, Pastor Kyle. Yeah. Um, Like I mentioned, I'm I'm actually glad you mentioned that you were, um, you know, uh, doing performing arts and, you know, writing plays. (laughs) So Mm -hmm. it really explains one of the reasons why your writing is the way that it is. Um, And your chapter, not saying that the others weren't, but your chapter, like, I mean, in your chapter, I literally was laughing the whole time. It was so descriptive. Um, And definitely, (laughs) you know, I mean, like you, it's like you literally put yourself, um in that chapter. Like, you know, as I read, I'm like, oh my God, I can actually, you know, visualize everything that you were saying. And so of mm-hmm. course your chapter's title, Play the Odds. And so what I want to ask you is what do you um desire to see or what do you desire for those who um, you know, journey the pages of the, of your chapter, what do you desire for them to see or gain um, you know, as they as they read through those pages?
0: One of the primary things I would hope that we take away is that uh, preparation, being prepared, even for the things that we can't be prepared for, or you know, <laughs> is, is important because life is unpredictable. Life is unstable. There's certain areas of life that's uncertain, and there's sometimes there's not anything we can do about it. We learn we learn our our best leadership lessons not in classrooms, not in boardrooms, but but through life, through the rhythms of life and through the experiences of life. And you can't o- always predict certain things, but you can be prepared. You can be prepared for a lot. And so this chapter is really um, trying to identify, and it's from my personal life, basically, it really is seen through my eyes, so it is a bit biased, but, but <laughs> just being prepared for some of the things that, It doesn't matter if you're in the private sector, if you're in the government, if if you are in your home, if you're in any form of leadership, certain things, certain things will come your way. It may come in different forms, but fundamentally, we all will have to climb the same kinds of mountains, mountains of of discouragement, mountains of preparation, mountains of of seasons of of change, to, uh, good times navigating ourselves with good times and bad times, no it regardless of who you are what how many letters are before your name or after your name, if you've ever sat in a leadership position at any point, you're going to realize that we all have to kill the same giants, and so playing the odds is really uh, 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 a statement that the odds are that we're going to face. Certain things together, and so that's important, and that's what I would want the readers to take away from the chapter, because I I believe that just going in with your eyes wide open um, and expecting certain things is is, is as, as I grew up, it used to be this show called GI Joe, and at the end of the the cartoon, they would have this saying, and knowing is half the battle. So so sometimes when you're not <laughs> yeah. blind expecting certain things. Um, you know, you, you you're able to take a punch, you're able to to know how to navigate and 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 find your way through certain challenges. So that's really what I would want people to take away from the chapter, that preparation is key uh, and expect we all can expect the same
1: things in leadership. I think that is um really powerful what you said. Like preparation is key. Like, you know, I I think, you know, and listen to you, it will be to prepare for pretty much all of the scenarios that you could possibly think about, Uh, even if it don't turns out that way. But at least you have some plan as to how you could, you know, try to navigate from that or at least to uh, build upon or adjust, because it's easier to uh, more or less like adjust a plan that you have versus you trying to just figure out, okay, what am I going to do now that whatever has happened has happened? And so yeah. I think that's really good wisdom for those who are listening in tonight.
0: Yeah, yeah. And one of the things that would um, help too, the chapter, although it it identifies certain crises, is really about developing the character to deal with certain things. For example, no one bats a thousand in baseball. No one, no one is perfect. No one in leadership, you will never make all of the right decisions. So what's, what's going to be our mentality when we, when we come face-to-face with failure? What, do, what What is our posture going to be when we come face-to-face with, with challenges that seem insurmountable? Uh, there are things, there are contingencies built within organizations to answer those questions, but what about you, the leader? What about you, the person? How are you? How, how are you going to deal with those things? And and I, I I try to speak, or I would want to speak to the core of the leader, uh, not just the the responsibility that they have in an organization, but the but the, the the person, the character of the person, which really, really is the greatest asset, which is the best asset um, that you bring to any organization, and that's who you are. And so that's mm-hmm. that's really what what I again, want people to take to, and that's what I try to speak to in this chapter
1: of the book. I love that you mentioned character, <laughs> that, because that is very important to anyone's leadership journey, I mean, in who you yeah. are um, at your core, and then even who you are in terms of, you know, trying to develop those areas, whether it's to develop a weak area um, or to yeah. strengthen the area that you're already strengthening. And so I think this is very vital to all leaders because sometimes, you know, some persons when they're faced with certain things or decisions, um, depending on, you know, which way it goes or the influence, sometimes they lose their character. Mm-hmm. And so I think yeah. it's always key for, you know, for anyone or anyone who's a leader um, to always stay true to who you are you know, um, yeah. stay true to your more or less your morals and your values and your standards, um, and don't drop mm-hmm. them because, you know, people are going to be always be watching in terms of how mm-hmm. you perform as a leader. And I always say mm-hmm. to people, what do you want your uh what do you want your um leadership legacy to look like? And so I think mm-hmm. these are the things that we should all think about as we you know, as we mm-hmm. continue to lead.
0: Yeah. John
1: Maxwell has
0: this quote.
1: That I, you know, I embraced
0: a long time ago. That says, we teach what we know, but we reproduce who we are, and and and, mm. the, and leaders have to know the difference. That we can hide behind protocols, procedures, uh, and all of these things. We could we could hide behind the, you know, the, the formalities. But at the end of the day, if you are a leader in any way, shape, or form. Your influence, your church word spirit, your attitude will create a, will create a, a culture for the people that you lead, mm-hmm. and you are going to to reproduce who you are. I mean, even even the master, Jesus said it with his disciples. He says when a disciple is fully grown, he looks like his master. And so it's mm-hmm. my son. I reproduce my son, and people tell me all the time, my son and I are splitting images. You can't duck yeah. it. If if it's me, if it came from me, it will look like me. And that's yeah. a principle. That's a you principle that that you have today. You cannot fake it. Eventually, people will see who you are, if you, if it's good or bad. And if it's bad, you just mm-hmm. hope that the people you show yourself to are gracious enough to give you a pass. <laughs> you know, and that all depends on. How- that all depends on how you treat people when they show their vulnerabilities or their inconsistencies. So that's just even more so in, in ministry and in churches. So that's that's just one of the difficult difficult challenges of, of leading and the rewarding um, elements of leading.
1: I think that's really good. That's very powerful. Now, when we talk about, um, you know, of course, leadership and emerging leaders, what are some of the things that you feel as though, you know, emerging leader, like someone who's coming up? I mean, because for me, even though you may be young, I don't consider, believe it or not, I don't consider you to be an, an emerging leader. <laughs> I consider <laughs> you to be a senior leader. <laughs> I really? Do simply because um, yeah, simply because of how long you've been in ministry. Yeah. You know, um, yeah. I know most people look at age, but sometimes, you know, you look at how long, um, you know, someone yeah. might have been. I'm in ministry, yeah. and I mean, and, and and in listening to you, you know, your introduction and your portfolio and all the things that you've done, in all honesty, with all due respect, some senior leaders, all people who've been in ministry probably way longer than you have, haven't even experienced what you have. And so you do have yeah. a lot of value and insight to, to bring. And so, you know, with you right. being able to travel all over the world and, you know, just uh, really sit under some good leadership and, you know, just. You had a lot of leading experience. And so I want to ask you, like, what do you feel are some things that, you know, as an emerging leader, they can have in their toolbox, you know, just to help them, you know, they have their quote-unquote leadership toolbox to be able to help them on their leadership journey?
0: Well, like I I referenced it a bit earlier. One is just this this commitment to developing your, your core being, who you are, your character. That that that's the number one trait of uh, leaders. Uh, there's a saying that uh, the fish is rot from the head down. So so if you're uh, the head yeah. of any organization and you're rotten, there's only a matter of time before that spreads throughout whatever organization you you, you have. So, so first, you have to be committed to developing your character. There's some things that you um, draw in the line in the sand. There's some things that you won't do. So, so character has to be one. And talent will take us where character will keep us. You know, talent will open doors for you. But you mm-hmm. have a lapse of character, you know, they'll, you'll lose whatever position or opportunity uh, in a flash. So that has to be in your leadership toolbox. That has to be something that you're working on. Um, Second may be um, a conviction. You know, we it's hard to do anything for a long period of time without without a, a burden or passion for it. Uh, because it is, if you're convinced that you've been, uh, you know, gifted, called uh, to do something, then, you know, you have to, you know, that's what's going to get you through some of the dry spells. That's what's going to get you through some of the monotony of the day, you know, some of, some of the of mm-hmm. the, the drag of the day. You're passionate. You, you don't, you know, you, you, you have another gale. And you're committed to the end. So, so, so one is character. The, you know, the the other really is conviction. Uh, the third is you have to be willing to equip yourself and be competent. You know, in your toolbox, uh-huh. you have to be the first investor um, of your, uh-huh. in your of yourself in yourself. You have to be a student of whatever it is that you you've been called to do it's not just talent it can't be just natural talent it has to be a, sh- a willingness to sharpen your skills to try new things to to open your mind to expose yourself to something that's bigger than you and greater than you and and, and so you know just just being competent is is important the, one of my favorite verses in scripture is from david i think it's psalm 78:72 that said david led his generation with integrity of heart and skillful hands. That's that's both mm-hmm. character and competence. It means that he had a good art, but he also yeah. knew what he was doing. You know, yeah. how many of us, you know, you ever you ever been in an organization where you know you, you really like this person, they're really sweet, but they just don't get the job done. And, and then there are people <laughs> who get the job done, but they leave a, a, a whole litany of bodies and in, in, the, in their path. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and, and, and corporate that may be. You know, the bottom line is the bottom line. But in church circle, in church circles, you know, you, if you leave bodies behind, that that you know, you're gonna lose your your influence. So so integrity, yeah. hard, and skillful Arts, being being good, being committed to being good at what you do, there is no, there is absolutely no substitute for that. And uh, so that has to be in your, you know, competence has to be in your toolbox. And then commitment. Commitment is, is really um that's that's where the rubber meets the road. We could say we want something, but you know, in mm-hmm. our country we say we say talk, talks bring talks. <laughs> talk is <laughs> cheap. <see, but> money <laughs> by land. Money by land. Yeah. And and you, you can tell when someone is devoted to something or committed to something by by if they're intentional about it, meaning that it's on that their itinerary. It, it's it's in their conversations daily. Um, they're prepared mm-hmm. to invest time, money, and energy into it. That's how you know you're committed. And then they're mm-hmm. tense about it. They're intense about it, passionate about it. They do it with, with, a, with a love. So your your, tool, your leadership toolbox has to, you know, ought to, right? a, ought to have those, among many other things. But those are, those are just some of the five, um, um, I call them go-to tools, that you need in your box, that that provide a foundation for you to to grow in any and every facet of life. Any doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. They could drop you in the middle of the jungle <laughs> with no one mm-hmm. around. And if if you have character and, and you're competent and you're committed and, and and all of these things, you you can survive and thrive anywhere, anywhere because you'll get it done. All of those values, all all of those virtues will push you and guide us in the right direction to get everything we need to lead efficiently, lead ourselves um, efficiently Mm -hmm. and lead others the same way.
1: Wow, I think that's really good. You know, being competent, having a conviction, um, of course, being committed to development of your character as well as yourself. Yep. Um, Yep. You know, and then this is the best thing because a lot of people I find, especially in our culture, uh, we don't like to invest mm-hmm. too much, you know, nope. uh, in ourselves. Nope. And, <laughs> yeah, you know, right, and you have right. to. You have to. I mean, and, you know, to be honest, like if, if you don't show that you're investing or willing, I should say, to even invest in yourself, it's kind of difficult for other people to desire to, um, you know, invest in. You have to be the first partaker yeah. of your yeah. own, um, you know, journey or investment or whatever it is. And if you don't do it, then people are going to say, well, you're not serious. You, you know, you don't want it bad enough because anything that you want bad enough, you, you will be willing Thank to invest in, you know. And fact. so I, I, I think that is definitely key, uh, you know, what you would have shared with us this evening. That's now, um, Pastor Kyle, so you, I know earlier you had mentioned about, you know, suppressing your gifts. Uh, for fair criticism. Mm-hmm. What what advice would you give to, I know, I know for you, you know, you might have been younger. And so I understand, you know, sometimes kids, you know, especially now the kids are nine, they do the bullying and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But we mm-hmm. even now as adults, we have people who are uh, emerging leaders. And sometimes they, you know, they want to come up higher, but they're afraid to come up higher. You know, they probably would have functioned just like how you said that you were functioning, you know, functioning in terms of, suppressing a gift, suppressing who you were for fair criticism, what advice would you give to them so that they would, uh, you know, no longer suppress their gift and just come up higher to the place where God is calling them to be?
0: To be completely
1: transparent and honest, (laughs)
0: There's the the big piece of advice I would say. Well, a big warning, you will regret it. You will. There's going to come a, if you suppress your gift, your calling, your talent, um, in exchange for whatever—whether <laughs> it be money, mm-hmm. whether it be um, attention, whether it be just a fit into a community—eventually you will regret it. You will regret it, and that—and it's the worst kind of regret because it, you look back and you realize that you wasted the most precious commodity you would have, and that's time. Mm-hmm. People, people spend an entire lifetime trying to figure out what they want to do or what they should be doing. And for those who have discovered that they're gifted in a particular area or call to a particular area and, and, and they're privileged enough to discover that at a younger age, man, listen, you you, you have mm-hmm. to do everything. You have to operate in that. Or you're not your true self. So I, I would mm-hmm. I would say to you, there are tools and if you don't know yet, you know, there are tools that may help guide you, you know, these um personality tests and gift assessment tests. I would encourage you to do that. Um, one of the things I would say if you're not sure is how, how do you how do you know what you're called to do? A lot of times it's it's smuggled in uh, into what bothers you the most. For example, if, mm. if you if you're a person that that really dislike poor customer service, like it it just grinds your gears, then maybe that's a burden. That that the way the the creator, the way God has wired you, is to be someone that 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 combats that or trains people against that, or, or to prevent mm-hmm. poor customer service or, or or to be a teacher. You know, they, they, you, you know you, you can always hint, and that's is not always the case, but more times than not, you see a hint of your passion, and and the things that that burden that disturbs you. Um, my I have family members who are. Growing up, they were very always so compassionate and and hated to see people taken advantage of, and now mm. you know they moved into social work and, and, and advocacy. That's, those are early signs of of how God has wired you so my first I guess so I'm saying you know don't do it because you regret it in the long run uh, um, secondly, to just really um find a way to discover. What what it is that you love to do or what you hate to see, and, and try to move in that direction, even if it means volunteering some time to see how it how it goes. Um, third, again, just to me, I just I, I just think that be committed to being who you are. You know, let people if someone fires you, let them fire you for being Kyle. Let them fire you for being tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Let them mm-hmm. if someone hires you. <laughs> Yes. Let them hire you for being Kyle. Let them hire you for being Savara. Uh, at least that way, uh, you, you you don't learn to bullscape. Uh, you know that you know yes. that sometimes you sometimes you you learn the art of, of slide a hand and not showing people who you are. But in the long run, it doesn't it doesn't work because um, you can't enjoy anything that that's not you know you can't enjoy it unless you you you. So I I would really encourage people to. To, to not to not sell out to 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 buy into who you are, and and let the world accept that, you know, as you as you develop that and cultivate that.
1: Mm, I think that's that's really good, you know, for them to embrace who they are. Just, you know, let the world see it now. The world ain't gonna always accept it, you know. That's one of the things some people be mindful of too. Um Yeah. You know, and the fact that sometimes, you know, you, I mean, I'm going to say sometimes, but, yeah, sometimes you will experience rejection. I mean, that's a part of the leadership journey. So people who can't, um, who may not um, understand your value, uh, you know, know your worth and know exactly what you carry, uh, they're intimidated by that. They will reject that. Um, You know, sometimes people reject that which they don't understand or they can't figure out. And, you know, as, a, as an emerging leader, you have to be okay with that, but then you still, so, you know, press on to being who, uh, you know, God has called you, called you to be. And so, with that, you know, comes my final question to you, Pastor Kyle. Like, what, I mean, of course, you would have given some, you know, powerful insight um, on leadership tonight, as well as, you know, your advice, but I just kind of want to know, you know, what final words would you give to
0: um, an
1: emerging leader on the importance of just not giving up on their call to leadership and just, you know, pressing no matter the obstacle they face, um, just no matter what they encounter. Um, and just for them to understand that, you know, the call to leadership isn't always easy. Uh yeah, it's weighty, you know. But yes, just for them uh, not to, you know, choke in the towel and just say, Listen here, if this is what if this is what I believe God is calling me to do, this is what I'm going to pursue mm-hmm. at all costs.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, I I would I would say um, I have this I have this letter that someone gave me almost twenty years ago, and wow. at the top of the letter it asks the question: Are you prepared to lead with the light off? And mm. what it really was saying is, you know, sometimes your influence, sometimes the inspiration that you provide as a leader doesn't always have to be recognized by the world, by the majority of the world. You know, it doesn't have to, it's not going to always be recognized by your boss at the time when you're doing it the most. But, but if you're prepared to lead well, even when people are not looking when people can't see, then you have the actual raw material in the heart of a true leader. Mm-hmm. That means you, you you pass the audience test because not everyone mm-hmm. wants a lead. You know, some people just want an audience, and, and there's a difference. Well, that is true. There's mm-hmm. a difference. And and I one of my 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 one of my favorite rappers, Lecrae, would say, um, "If you if you live for people's approval, you'll die from their rejection," and, and that's mm-hmm. not. That, that's a very scary place to be um, as a leader. Uh, so that's that's one. You're prepared to lead, but the light's off. Second, if you're convinced that God has called you to make an impact, because that's what leadership is about, impact, mm-hmm. inspiration, and, and influence. If, you, if you're convinced that God has called you to make an impact somewhere, I promise you, I promise you, you will make the impact if you stick it up. If you stick it out, that's just the way it works. Because that's a valuable asset. That's a valuable virtue to have. Um, to know that God has called you to a place, just by knowing that, you add value to pe- you. You add value to wherever you go. And our lives are most valuable when it brings value to to other people. So, as a leader, if you continue to increase the value of the people around you, you're always going to be valuable. You're always going to be treasured. Whether they give you a, mm-hmm. whether they give you a a plaque or or anything. Now I know that sometimes you know we work so hard and we want to make a living out of this, and it's good to, to flip, you know. I take keep your hand shaking, give me a check, you know. Sometimes you want to make a, a living out of it, but but you're gonna get to the point. You're gonna get the point where your gift will make room for you, and and leadership is in demand. We have a leadership problem globally. Uh, our greatest challenges mm-hmm. in this world are, are not, you know, are not climate and not, are and not diminishing those things, but they're, they're primarily leadership because we have mm-hmm. to take people through, through change and through seasons of life. And, and I would want you to know that it is tough. It is challenging. Um, it is lonely at times, definitely lonely at times. And it's frustrating. It is, above mm-hmm. all, it's frustrating. It is frustrating. But one of the things and I didn't mention it at the beginning that you ought to also have in your leadership toolbox is community it is mm-hmm. is a, a go to core group of people that you can be yourself to that you don't have to be strong with that you can vent to that you can let your hair down you can talk and because you know people will try to chew you up people will chew you up and you have to guard your heart against being bitter you have to guard mm-hmm. your heart against abusing people even after they abused you. I've lived it. Mm-hmm. I've lived it. And mm-hmm. one of my greatest challenges was to say, Lord, I don't want to be <laughs> bitter. I can't, can't operate yeah. bitter. I can't operate. Anger, to me, is not a good motivator. Love has always no. been my best. Love for yeah. God and love for people is what motivates me. I, I'm not the type to say, but I can take their thing and make it and show them and show them. No, I don't even want to yeah. show them. <laughs> I don't want to show them. I want I, I just want to be faithful to what God has called me to do. Uh, and 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 if you could get to that place, man, you would you would be surprised that at certain points in your life when you look back, you'd be surprised at what you've been able to endure and what mm-hmm. has been cultivated in you through failure, through success, through good times, through bad times, through change and, and all of the above. So I want to encourage you that if you know what God has called you to do, don't give up. Don't give up. Just pray for strength. Continue to, to equip yourself and do it the way that, that that you know it ought to be done. And, and watch. You, you you'll see. You'll you'll look back and say, Oh, you wouldn't feel it at first. But you look back and say, Wow. You look back and say, wow, wow. You, you know, you talk about all of the travel experiences and things like that. Like I really don't realize that until my family sit down and say, you know, you've been, you've been doing this for 20 years. That's half, half my life literally. <laughs> and and they're talking about but you went here, and I was like, oh, you you went Belgium, and I was like, yeah, but you know what I learned in Belgium? I was arrested in Belgium, and I learned this leadership <laughs> lesson. In Belgium. Like it, it's just a it's just a whole lot of stuff. That, that um people think comes easy. But when it came mm-hmm. to a lot of challenges, a lot of prayer, a lot of um, you know, a lot of but it it, it teaches you something. So so that I would I would encourage leaders to remain humble, remain teachable and, and you'll see what God is doing. Wow.
1: Powerful, powerful, remain humble, remain teachable. Um you know, just you just gave so much wisdom, Pastor Kyle, and I. I'm really appreciative of you taking the time again to just join us tonight just to empower, you know, our listening audience. Of course, you're always transparent anytime that, you know, we have conversations. <laughs> so, you know, I'm grateful always for transparency. Because I, you know, I always believe that transparency is where um, you know, people get a breakthrough. Of course, you know. Yeah, you, I mean, you, you always have to know what to share, but I mean, and you still be, you know, you are still very transparent with what you sh- with what you share. Um, so I'm very yeah. grateful for that. Um, but I want you to know before you go, I want you to let our listening audience know, you know, of your social media handles, you know, so they can stay connected with you as well as um, if you have any upcoming events that they can look out for.
0: Well, I am a professional churchman, so so my life. Is- <laughs> Really swallowed up in the ministry, but um, you know, one is look forward to look forward to the, the release of the book, and so I want to encourage everybody to to um, grab a copy. It's a wonderful project uh, for the next generation, for the now generation. So I want to congratulate mm-hmm. you, Devara, uh, on that. My social media handles would be Pastor underscore K dot Megok and Instagram uh, Life on Location on Instagram Life on Location on on Twitter, and um, I also have on Facebook. I'm the president of Next Generation Workshops that we provide training for ministry workers here in the country. We do it virtually as well. Uh, so we just um, we just want to equip the same for the work of the ministry. For uh, mm-hmm. the most part, it, that is what I do, and that's where you can find me online. On, online is Kyle Maker uh, on Facebook. Um, uh, appropriately, and, and I serve at Freeboard Bible Church uh, at Freeboard Grand Bahama. And so, you could check us out on all of our social media sites there. But that's who I am, that's where I am, uh, and that's where I dwell.
1: <laughs> well, of course, Pastor Kyle, thank you so much. And of course, you know, it's our book. I mean, I'm just a visionary, but couldn't have I've done it without all of you co authors. And I'm truly, truly appreciative of, of my co authors. You guys are some of the best co-authors that I've had, truly, truly grateful uh, because you all were very encouraging, inspiring, motivating, you know. And, you know, you talked about community. I was able to let my hair down, <laughs> you know, yeah. uh, with you yeah. all. And so thank you, thank you so much uh, for that. And I want to thank everyone for tuning in to, uh, to ma- today's show uh, with my amazing guest, Pastor Kyle Maycock. Of course, be sure to join me every Tuesday for another episode of Emergence Radio Talk. You know this is the show you will, where you will be inspired to emerge, occupy, and take dominion. Uh, once again, I'm Dr. Tavara Johnson. Be sure to connect, and you can stay connected with me on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, under the social media handle Tavara Johnson. And then be sure to connect with me on Clubhouse and the Emerging Leaders Lab. We go live every Tuesday at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And so... Go ahead and look for us. Click the greenhouse so you um, would, you know, of course, stay connected and up to date with those leadership conversations that we're having. Uh, so, everyone, I look forward to seeing you next week, Tuesday. Have a wonderful evening. Blessings. Okay.
0: Thank you for tuning in to Emergence Radio
1: Talk. For more
0: information on Emergence Radio Talk, Emergency Mentorship Program, or Women to Women Mentoring Program, be sure to visit www.tevorrowjohnson.com If you would like to be a guest on our show, email us at info at or follow us on all of our social media platforms, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and Periscope. That's Tavara Johnson. Stay connected
1: and updated on all upcoming events. Until next time, thank you for joining us.